And it's cold out here tonight. It's a great night for a fire, huh? The sheep are all down for the night, and the rest of the guys, they're all asleep. And it's my watch. And you guys, maybe you can help me stay awake and alert. You folks are up from the city, aren't you? Some of you look a little uncomfortable. You're not scared, are you? Of lions or bears or wolves? Well, you have nothing to worry about. I've got my staff here and a slingshot, too, with five smooth stones, just like David did. He only needed one, though. Man, I love that story. Maybe you're nervous about being with shepherds. You've been talking to those city people? You can't believe everything they say about us. I mean, you can believe some of it. It's probably not all true. You know, they, city people don't think too highly of shepherds. They say we're a strange bunch. Always wandering around in the hills all year in all kinds of weather. Just wandering around, never really getting anywhere. Not having a place to call home. You know, my whole life revolves around sheep. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of strange, but I got to say, this is the life for me. Nobody's telling you what to do or where to be or how to live your life. It's just us and these little critters over here, and they never tell you what to do. They don't boss you around. Of course, sheep are pretty dumb animals. It's not like we're breeding stallions up here. They're, uh, they're always getting stuck or lost. So, you know, they'll, they'll eat themselves sick if you leave them alone for too long. And they can be really, really stubborn. I mean, if a sheep doesn't want to do something, there's really no change in his mind. But, you know, the thing about sheep is they need a shepherd. They, they just really need someone with them all the time. Someone to lead them and guide them and feed them and protect them. And as long as they have a shepherd, they're okay. And that, that's my job. That's what I do. And you know, it's going to sound kind of strange to you when I say this, but I really care about my sheep. Every single night, me or the other guys during our watch, we count every single one. If there's even one sheep missing out of a hundred or more, one of us is going to go out and search and search until we find him, and then we'll bring him back. Because that's our job. And I even know all the sheep by name. Every single one of them. You know, my, my buddy Isaiah, not, not the real Isaiah, not the prophet Isaiah, just, just my buddy over there, he's one of the shepherds. He says he's descended from the real Isaiah, but I think it's a bunch of, you know, I'm not buying it. But anyway, he says that he thinks people are a lot like sheep. You know, people, they wander around too, and, and we get lost, and we get into trouble, and we get stuck. And sometimes I wonder, you know, what would it be like if, if, if I had a shepherd, you know, someone like me, but, you know, someone better than me, who could just watch over me all the time and be with me and guide me and protect me and feed me and make sure that, that I'm always taken good care of. Because honestly, I sometimes feel like a lost sheep. I feel like I need someone to, to lead me. But I don't, I don't mind being around these sheep all the time. It's people I don't like being around. Sometimes we have to go, we have to go down into the city to, uh, to get supplies or, to, or to, to deliver sheep. And I just, I just don't like it so much. It's still always crowded and it's, it's noisy. 
And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just not my kind of scene. And when we go down to the city, people can see us and they can smell us coming. Because, you know, when we were with sheep all the time, you smell like sheep. And I don't know if you can tell, but it doesn't smell too good in here. These sheep, they don't smell too good. And so when we go down in the city, the, the townsfolk, they just kind of steer clear of us. They get out of our way because they just don't want to be around us. And they, they, just, they just don't think very highly of us. I mean, they, they wonder, who would choose a life like this, you know? And not only that, but they accuse us of things. Just because we have, you know, we have a bad reputation, you know, if something goes missing, they automatically think it's us. Some, some farmer or blacksmith will go out to his shed one morning and he'll see some of his tools are missing, and he'll be like, well, some shepherds must have come through here last night and stole my tools. I mean, I'm no thief, but it's probably his kids or someone, if you ask me. So they just, they just assume it was us. But you know what really bothers me? That doesn't bother me too much. You know what really bothers me? Is people say we're unclean. I don't mean just in the physical sense. I mean, it's hard to stay clean up here, but in the spiritual or religious sense. Like we're unacceptable. My people, the Jews, they have lots and lots of laws and rules and traditions. Too many, if you ask me. I mean, there's rules about what you can eat and how you eat it and how you kill it and how you prepare it. And you've got to keep your hands clean all the time and wash your feet anytime you go into someone's house. And there's holy days and the Sabbath and you've got to observe all those special days. And honestly, we, we can't keep all those rules. I mean, we have a job to do up here. We live up here. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, up here, you eat whatever you can get your hands on. You can't worry too much about how you kill it or how you cook it. We don't worry too much about keeping our hands clean. I mean, every day up here, our hands get cuts and bruises and dirt and sheep stuff on them all the time. And we, we're not worried about washing our hands all the time. And, and as far as the Sabbath day is concerned, I mean, up here, every day is the same. We kind of keep track after a while. It's just, there's just no way we can keep those kind of rules. In fact, if, if you ask me, whoever made up all those rules, it seems like half of those rules are made for religious people, not for people like us. I just got to be honest, there's no way we can keep up with all that. In fact, there was this one time I had to go down into the city to take down the sheep, deliver some sheep to the temple. Uh, our sheep, the herd that we take care of, is actually designated for temple use. They're offered for daily sacrifices and things like that. And so that's why we have to take such strict care of them and make sure that there's no cuts or, 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 or uh, bruises or spots or blemishes on any of the sheep. So we got to take really good care of them. And there's this one time that it was, it was my turn to take the sheep down into the city and deliver them to the temple. And as much as I hate going down into the city, I was actually kind of looking forward to going into the temple and, and just seeing what it was like. It's been so long since I had been in the temple, and I just thought it would be something special. So I took the sheep down there, and, and I got down to the temple, and one of the priests came out of the temple, and, and he, he came out to meet me. But he wouldn't make even eye contact with me. He just looked the sheep over, and he checked him real close, and then he threw me this sack with money in it, and he turned to walk away. So, so I said to him, hey, would it be all right if I accompanied the sheep into the temple today? And I'll never forget the look he gave me. He turned and he looked me up and down and he just shook his head in disgust. Like I wasn't good enough. 
to go into the temple. But my animals were good enough. I mean, what is that about? So I said to him, oh yeah, well, well, well David was a shepherd once, you know. Well, that didn't do anything. I was left outside all by myself. I, I haven't been to the temple in I don't know how many years. And maybe, maybe, you know, maybe what people say is right. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I am unclean. I don't really think it matters, though. Who needs the temple anyway? I have everything I need up here. I mean, some of those city folk, if they came up here, I don't even think they could handle it for a single day. They'd be sitting on a rock or a log, and they'd be like, oh, this, this is so uncomfortable, and, and oh, did you wash your hands before you cooked that? And, and what's that smell? I don't think I could even handle that. I'd like to get a priest up here for a, for a day or two. We'd show them a thing or two. But my favorite time, my favorite time is at night. You know, up here in the hills, you know, late at night with the stars and everything like that, we, uh, we, always, we always find a, a, a cave or, or a, a hole in a rock and, and we make a fire and uh, we sit down and we start passing the wineskins around and eating some, eating some game. You guys like any game where you're from? Well, we love, we love eating game up here. And uh, we were, I remember, we, we just like to, we like to sing. And, and someone will always get out a flute or some kind of instrument and start playing. And the, and the sound will just echo throughout the hills. And that's my favorite, that's my favorite time of night. Isaiah, not my buddy Isaiah, but the prophet Isaiah, the real Isaiah, he once said that, that God numbers the stars, and he calls them all by name. I mean, think about that. God can count, he can actually count the stars, and he named every single one of them. And it makes you wonder, doesn't it, if God cares that much about the stars, could he care that much about us? Does he care that much about me? Does he know my name? I often think about that. And I've always wondered, especially since what happened that one night, a couple months ago, it was an amazing night. It was a night kind of like this. It it was clear and still, and it was census time, which just means that Caesar or someone in charge wanted to count everyone so they could get more taxes. They had to count everyone under their jurisdiction. You guys have taxes where you're from? Yeah, well, you think your taxes are bad. You have no idea. And so everyone had to go back to their hometown to be registered and to be counted. Everyone except shepherds, because nobody really cares about shepherds. No one cares about us. No one even thinks about us, which is fine with us during tax time. And I had the second, the second watch that night. So I found, I found a nice log to sit on. And started to focus just on staying awake and alert. And that night, we just, with all the commotion going on in the city, we wanted to be as far away from the people as possible, so we moved further up into the hills than normal. So there was bound to be some danger, and I was ready for it. But I was hoping for a nice, quiet night. And that's, that's how it started. It was nice and quiet. But then something started to happen. I can't say exactly what it was. But it was like something in the air. Like the air was starting to move and come alive. And at first I thought maybe I was just dozing off and imagining things. 
But then when I got up, it, it, got, it got crazier. Things didn't die down at all. So I grabbed my staff and my slingshot, and right around that time, the, sheeps, the sheep woke up because they could tell that something was going on too. And as soon as the sheep woke up, the rest of the guys woke up because they could sense that something was going on. And they, they started rubbing their eyes to try to see what all the commotion was about, but you couldn't see anything. But you, could, you just could tell something was happening. It was almost like a whirlwind that was just picking up our cloaks and blowing them around our faces. And then all of a sudden, something like a shaft of light shot down from heaven and lit up the ground in front of us. And the sound was getting louder, and the wind was getting stronger, and the light was getting brighter. And my legs started shaking. I, I don't scare easy, but this was something I never felt before. And before I knew it, I was on my knees. We all were. And the shaft of light started to take shape. And all of a sudden, it, it was, there was like a man standing in front of us, but it, only it was a more perfect man than I've ever seen before. And we were all terrified, frozen with fear. And then he spoke, and with a voice like a song, he said, don't be afraid. It was easy for him to say. He said, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior who is Messiah God. And he told us that we would find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly with that angel, there was a multitude of angels that filled the sky, and they all sang together, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom God is pleased. And it was the sweetest, strongest music I've ever heard. I felt like I could just sit there and listen to them sing forever. None of us wanted it to stop. It just kept going and going. And the angel was right. There was nothing to be afraid of. It was like God was giving the greatest gift to the world, the greatest gift he could possibly give. And he was asking if we wanted to see it. Oh, it was an amazing night. The angel said, Unto you is born this day a Savior, the Messiah. Now, I may just be a shepherd, but I'm still a Jew. And every single Jew knows about Messiah. I remember my dad telling me about, about the Messiah God, even when I was a kid. He would come from Abraham. It all started with Abraham. God made a promise that he would send a rescuer through the family line of Abraham who would make everything right and, and undo the curse of sin so that God could be with his people again forever and live with peace and harmony and joy with his people. My grandfather thought it might happen in his day, but it never did. My dad was a little more skeptical. I always felt like when my dad told me about Messiah and about God, he was just trying to make my mom happy. I mean, we would go to the temple almost every week, but it wasn't exactly the highlight of my dad's week. But I'm still glad he told me. I mean, could it be that the Messiah had come? I mean, Jews, we are, our people, we've been waiting for hundreds, even thousands of years for God to make good on his promise. And it was hard to believe that Messiah was here. Do you know what else the angel said? He said that this, this Messiah was going to come from the city of David. You know, we always knew it would have something to do with David. He was a shepherd once, you know. Well, suddenly as the angels showed up, they were gone. And the sky was dark again, and the, the air was still, and the sheep were going crazy. I mean, it took us more than an hour to herd them all back together. 
But when everything kind of settled down, we knew what we had to do. We had to go to Bethlehem and see if what the angels told us was really true. No one wanted to stay up in the hills alone after what had happened, so we had to take all the sheep with us. So we kicked their fuzzy little tails all the way down to Bethlehem. Now when we got down to the town, it was the middle of the night, but everything was really crowded and busy, just like normal. There were people, all kinds of people from all kinds of places looking for a place to stay. There were even people trying to sleep in the streets. So we began asking around to see if anyone knew where this baby might be. But no one seemed to know what we were talking about. How could this be? Were we the only ones who knew? How is it possible that no one else saw what we saw and heard what we heard? So we made our way to the edge of town until we came to this this stall. It was almost like a, a hole cut out of a rock. And there inside, we saw a man and a young woman and some animals kind of back in the shadows. And sure enough, there was a baby. It was wrapped tight in a couple of cloths and lying on a pile of straw right there in a feeding trough, just like the angels told us. But I got to tell you, I, I was a little skeptical. Like, how could this be the place? I mean, would the Messiah, why would the Messiah choose, of all places, right here, the most common place to be born? And where was everybody? Where were the angels? Where were the priests? Why didn't any priests hear what we heard? Why weren't they there? Well, the Father, he invited us to come in. And we told him our story. And as I was telling him the story, it sounded pretty crazy, but they actually believed us. It was like our story gave them comfort. And they invited us to come and see the child. The Father said, his name is Yeshua, which means Jesus, the Lord saves. And then we knew this is the one, a Savior. Now, I don't know much about babies, but kneeling next to that child, I got to tell you, I looked like an ordinary child to me, but I felt closer to God than I've ever felt in my entire life. You know, out here, you just know that God is out here. You look up into the star and you can just, you can just sense that God, God is up there, that he made all of this, that he's over all of it. But kneeling beside that baby, it was different. It was like God was near, like God is with us. Like God was in that child. Well, we didn't stay long. We, we knew that that couple needed their privacy, and we had to get those sheep back up into the hills for the night. And on our way through the town, we began telling everyone what we saw and heard. And we were, we were just, we had so much joy and peace. We, we told everybody we saw, and they were all amazed at what we heard, but nobody went to see the baby. Like I said, people don't think too highly as shepherds. Well, on our way back up into the hills, we, we were talking and, and laughing, and we were singing. I mean, even with all the chaos of that night, I've had this peace in my heart, this peace with God that I can't really explain ever since then. I remember one of the guys said, I'll bet the priests have never been visited by angels. I said, yeah, and even if they were, the priests wouldn't even let them into the temple. They wouldn't be dressed properly. Man, we laughed. That was some amazing night. Like I said, that was a couple months ago. And things have kind of settled down. You know, we're, we're back up here in the hills chasing these sheep around. 
every day and every night and things that are kind of back to normal. But not with me. At least not on the inside. Something happened that night that changed me. And I keep wondering, you know, why when the Messiah was born, were we the only ones to be told the news? I mean, God could have told anyone he wanted. Why did he pick us? Why did he choose us? A bunch of misfit shepherds, you know, that the Messiah of Israel had come. Seems to me that maybe he doesn't care, maybe God doesn't care what kind of clothes you wear and if you smell kind of funny and what you do for a living. He only cares if you're willing to listen and believe. And then there was something the angel said that I can't stop thinking about. Unto you is born a savior. Unto you. Unto you. Now, I know, I know that, that, that God was telling us that the Savior's for everyone. But when they were talking to us, when that angel said that to us, it felt like he was talking right to me. And he just knew that I need a Savior, that I need to be rescued, that I'm a sinner, that I need to be saved. You know, like I said before, sometimes I feel like a lost sheep and and I need someone to watch over me and to guide me and to protect me and to lead me and to save me from all the evil all around, all around me, but mostly to rescue me from the evil that's inside me. And it got me wondering, you know, David said that the Lord was his shepherd. God, will you be my shepherd? Will you watch over me? Will you lead me? Will you protect me? Will you save me? I'll follow you, God, all the days of my life. I'll believe everything you say. Like I said before, David wrote lots of songs. And one of my favorites as a kid was this one. And now I know that it's true. It goes something like, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I rise and you know when I sit. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways before a word is on my lips, God. You know it already. You hem me in and before you protect me and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty. I can't understand it. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, Lord. I know that full well. My my body was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. And you know what? I'll bet you they would even outnumber the stars in the sky. And that's why I will never grow tired of watching the night sky. Because now I know every time I look up and I think about God, 
he's looking down and he's thinking about me. And it will always remind me of that amazing night when the God who made the heavens came near to visit me.